Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey everybody, this is Chef Emily, and technically this is episode number 89 of Sharp and Hot, but I am not in the studio today. I am at a Sustainable Seafood Week event in New York City, learning all about policy and change from chefs and industry makers and all of those people that I will happily report back to you what I've learned. In the meantime, I have a recorded interview with Chef Philippe Tessier, who won the silver medal at Boku's Door this year, and he's a really, really great guy and one of my good friends. So I'm going to play that for you, and I will be back live on the microphone next week. The first time I met Chef Philippe Tessier, I was at a fundraising dinner at the Culinary Vegetable Institute in March of 2014. At the time, Chef Phil Tessier was en route to represent Team USA at Boku's Door in an international competition held biannually in Lyon, France. It's widely referred to in the United States as the Culinary Olympics by way of brief explanation. At the time, Team USA had never placed higher than sixth against 24 competitors from the likes of Scandinavia, France, Japan, and the UK. In this most recent competition, Chef Philip and Team USA brought home a silver medal, and he joins me now in the studio. Congratulations, Chef. Thank you. Welcome to Heritage Radio Network. Good to be here. So when we met, you were in the middle of an extensive mentoring process by some of the world's greatest chefs that was to prepare you for this competition. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and what it was like leading up to the Boku store? Yeah, well, actually, um, you know, when part of the first... Uh, experience for me that initiated my decision to apply and you know work towards being the candidate for the US was uh, actually attending the competition in 2013 and uh, I was able to be a part of some of the dinners and um, events outside of their training during that week and you know I found myself in a room surrounded by many of the best chefs in the country can and, you name some you can you know, name so I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know so i mean our, our our board is you know thomas keller daniel below jerome boku so obviously they were there and then you know grant ackett's um you know great chefs from our group with the thomas keller restaurant group and uh you know alex lee roland Passo, you know the list goes on and you know it's just kind of an eye-opening experience of you know very seldom do you get the opportunity to, to work with so many chefs all at once and uh I just, you know, asked myself, why would I not want to be a part of this? And so when I applied and, you know, after being selected, um, you know, we had a really extraordinary team of individuals assembled who each brought a certain level of strength. You know, Gavin Kaysen was a head coach, just, you know, great knowledge of the history and his own experience of the competition. Uh, Richard Rosendale had uh, competed the year before and brought a great sense of organization and competition experience. Um, and then, you know, Dave Brand, Gabrielle Kruther, uh, Grant Ackett's, you know, just brought a lot of, uh, you know, creative suggestions. And, you know, at the end of the day, what you really look to the team of coaches to do is to validate your efforts and support you, you know, both uh, mentally and, you know, physically in the sense of the food itself. So um, you, it's really important to have that support structure around you. And for the people who are listening who may think of this as a simple like culinary competition like you would see on the Food Network or on Bravo, 
can you clarify how this is different and sort of the journey that you take to get to this place? Um, the, the competition is such an extraordinary, uh, difficult level of, uh, of competition. You know, the top five places in this are, are, are decided by small points. You know, we, we missed gold by nine points and, yeah. uh, that's out of, you know, about 1800. So there's a total of 1800 possible points. Correct. Okay. So, you know, it's, uh, it's such a minutiae that decides these things. And, uh, you know, when you look at something like Top Chef and, you know, these kinds of things, a lot of, a lot of what these competitions are, are very in the moment, you know, quick, uh, type ideas. And this is, this is a much different approach where, you know, you, you dedicate it over a year of your mental strength, your time, uh, developing really the, the best possible food you know how to do. And then from there you work diligently to, organize it in a way that it'll fit into a, a, a time frame of five and a half hours, which you're given and, you know, 28 plates, five and a half hours, two guys, you know, for the level of detail, you know, you're trying to achieve is, is really, uh, an extraordinary challenge. Um, you know, I've worked for Thomas Keller for 11 years, worked in three Michelin star restaurants for over a decade. And, uh, you know, this is by far the most challenging thing that, that I've taken on, you know, it's, uh, it takes an extraordinary amount of determination to kind of mentally stay focused and, uh, and, keep the freshness of what you're doing. So were you also working full-time in the time of your training or was this your, fo- your full-time focus? So we, um, when I was selected at the end of 2013, you know, I spoke with uh, Chef Keller and we worked out um, actually a great project for me to take on that allowed me a great deal of flexibility, which benefited our training, but also benefited the restaurant. And, you know, the restaurant operates on a very strict uh, schedule of sorts. And, and when you say restaurant, the restaurant. Uh, from the French Laundry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I, you know, was going to take this on, we didn't want to disrupt the flow of the restaurant. So I, I took on a project where we developed a database for all of our recipes and um, photographs and such that we've compiled over the last 20 years. So it was a small project. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, it worked out really well. I mean, we were in the beginning, we trained, you know, two to three days a week, and then it kind of ramped up throughout the year until we were full time pretty much by the end of August. And by the time you get to the competition, you know exactly what your plates are going to look like. You know, like there's no surprise element or is that true? Well, two years ago, um, they changed the format of the competition. Uh, I think, you know, today's age is different than it was 30 years ago when this competition was started. And, uh, you know, everything traditionally has been presented on platters and, um, they've moved away from that. So now the fish plate is just, uh, so you do a fish plate and then you do a meat plate that's also presented on a platter now, but the fish plate is more of a restaurant style dish. So they've also introduced this past year, kind of a, a mystery basket idea of sorts where you actually, for your fish plate, you have to, um, purchase, if you will, all of your ingredients, at this market they've assembled the night before you compete. Do you uh, know what fish it is? The fish is given to you about a month and a half before you go. Okay. Um, are you allowed then, to say that? What it is? Or are or, you allowed to say, did, you didn't have to sign like a non-disclosure agreement that the element of surprise is like. <laughs> no, no. I mean, so the, the meat protein, they tell you about four and a half months out. Okay. And then the fish protein is like a month and a half out. Okay. And then um, they also, this time said there was going to be a mystery vegetable in addition to this whole market experience. So. Um, you know, a week before they told us it was going to be one of four things. Um, it was like celery, butternut squash, leek, or fennel. So we, um, 
had a week to kind of figure out those those ideas. And, you know, you want to go with everything as locked in as you possibly can. You know, you think of a, a gymnast, you know, there or a figure skater is probably a better example. You know, you, you might know all the moves, the jumps, the twists, the turns, but you need to choreograph it. You need to practice the flow without thinking about it. And so that's kind of what this is about. You know, it's focused on doing the best possible things you can then compiling it together and then being able to do it in a, in a way that's repeatable. I mean, you're, you're in front of a 2,500 people in a stadium, you know, there's marching bands, people yelling, screaming, banners shooting off. And, you know, it's a, it's a pretty crazy environment. And at the same time, it's, it's really amazing. I mean, you, you're surrounded by, you know, cameras, judges, spectators, and it, it really challenges your ability to just mentally focus on, on what you're doing. And I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Thomas Keller's famous for very quiet kitchens, right? Yeah, actually, that was a, that was an interesting challenge for us. Um, you know, when we went to the European finals in 2014, and uh, I'd also been to the finals itself, so I really knew the environment we were going into. Um, and coming from the French Laundry, you know, noise is, is it, unless it's yes, chef, you know, you're not saying much. <laughs> but uh, so we actually played techno music at full volume you know, in our kitchen while we were doing our training runs. And, uh, you know, there'd be times where I'd be like, Skyler, Skyler was our Komi, you know, so it was just the two of us. And I'd be like, you, uh, like, you have to answer me when I'm talking to you. And he's like, I can't hear you. (laughs) (laughs) So actually when we got there, um, it was so much quieter, um, especially in the beginning because the, you know, the fans don't really start coming in until about two to three hours after you're into, you know, your initial, initial uh, run. And, um, so we had like kind of a nice, calm, quiet start, which was actually really refreshing from the grind that we had put ourselves through. Right. Yeah. And was there a Team USA contingent of fans there to cheer you guys on? You know, there was. Um, I will say that uh, compared to some of the Scandinavian countries in France, uh, UK, um, we had a rather small showing. So, um, you know, we're excited for that to change yeah, Me too. Year, I'm yeah. I'm really excited we'll for that. To see you there. I, I'm, <laughs> that is my life goal is to be there in 2017. It's every other year, right? Every other year. Every, every other year. Years, yeah. So there's the the thrill of the day. You are done at your five and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the judgment and your like. What does that feel like when you have these people tasting your food and that it's out of 1,800 points is really stunning to me. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's an extraordinary challenge because you know 20 percent of your score is based on how well you represent your country. Um, and your, and your food and your, and your presentation and, you know, in terms of like historically or, uh, however, however that's perceived, Okay, (laughs) you know, it's, uh, not that you have to dress in red, white, and blue and start, you know, actually you want to stay away from that, especially, you know, America, (laughs) I mean, you have to think about it this way. I mean, you're, you're, you're serving 24 different countries. So how can you represent America in a positive way to 24 different countries? I mean, it's, it's a very difficult thing. And we focused on Napa Valley and more specifically the French Laundry Garden, um, going after something that had a positive, you know, and recognizable um, impact, you know, in the culinary world uh, internationally. And so um, it was really well received, you know. I don't. I don't see them tasting it. You know, we're we're. So you're focused. not standing there while they're. So like, I'm actually behind them. You know, and all the boxes are set up, and then the judges are on tables in front of you. And you know, when, when your fish goes out, the next thing you do is look at plating your meat because you have 30 minutes to get your meat out after your fish walks. And then, you know, when you present your meat, the platter walks, then it comes back, you plate it, and it goes. And then you have to get out of your kitchen in 45 minutes with it being immaculate. So you're not done until you're walking out of that kitchen completely. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I'll tell you, uh, I don't think you can legally experience an adrenaline rush like we had for, for six hours. <laughs> it was it was such an extraordinary experience. And it was actually we actually had a lot of fun. Um, and that was the biggest variable for me was how's it going to be that day? I mean, you can plan everything. You can do whatever you possibly can to prepare. But when you get there, you know, anything can happen. And um, we were just so excited. And, you know, you have this project you've been working on. You can't tell anyone really about what exactly you're doing. And so it's like somebody's told you a secret for like 300 days and you can't tell anybody until, you know, January 27th. I'd be 27. so bad at that. I'm the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it, when you're, when you're placement and you know, the secrecy of what you're trying to do is on the line that you get pretty good at it. But so we were just so excited to be there and it was actually great having everyone watch us. You know I mean? It's, it's a lot of fun to show somebody something really amazing that you've worked on. And, uh, so, you know, after the competition, you know, we finished, I mean, it was such an extraordinary sense of relief, you know, no matter where you place, we had done, we had done our best, you know, and we, you know, Skylar and I both knew that. And, you know, he had a, a sizable grin on his face when we were finished. It was, you know, it's a lot of work. So, I mean, hitting, hitting that finish line is huge for us. And, uh, after, afterwards, you know, it kind of are like, so how did we do? And there was an immediate buzz on the floor. You know, the judges were just obviously impressed with the meat platter itself, uh, the Danish judge came and said, you know, you guys fish was the best today. Um, and then, you know, the kitchen proctor. So there's uh, about six of them who walk through your kitchen around you, uh, literally watching every every move. So they're evaluating, you know, how well you're working from an organizational standpoint, your cleanliness, your communication. Um, and he was just super complimentary. You know, he's like, you guys finished just like you started. It was really a pleasure to watch you work today. And, uh, so, I mean, on those three fronts, those are the three main, you know, sections of scoring. And, uh, so we, we were cautiously optimistic and the second day traditionally is, um, you know, it's kind of been the stronger team. So all the Scandinavian countries were there and, uh, UK and, um, Japan. So, you know, it was, uh, it was a, a almost harder sitting through the second day of competitions because they do 12 countries first day, 12 countries second day. And uh, sitting there watching everyone else compete, you know, waiting to see, like, is someone going to do something that seems like it just blew us out of the water? And, um, you know, we, uh, we, we watched and waited, and, you know, it was close. We didn't – we knew we had been recognized for doing something well, but we, we weren't sure whether we'd be rewarded or not. So it was uh, – kind of a biting your nails moment of sorts. <laughs> and then what is the presentation of the medals like? Like, is everybody standing in a line, like, and you get called out? Yeah, so they kind of milk it for it, for every moment. Um, they, they bring out all the countries. So there's there's four individuals with each country's uh, representation. So Thomas Keller is our president for for Boku Store USA. And then Gavin Kaysen was our coach. And then Skylar Stover, who's the me and myself. So those are the four of us. You know, we're standing there with the flag waiting. And, uh, you know, I've worked for Thomas for 11 years, you know, and one of the things I've never seen is him nervous. And, you know, we're in the back waiting to go out and, you know, they give these participation medals to everybody. And he was trying to tie one on, on Skyler's neck and like he, his hands were shaking. You know, wow. I was like, what do I do? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I got that chef, you know, and he's just, you know, it kind of struck me because like at that moment, you know, just like I mentioned, you know, we knew we had been recognized, but that the reward was it was no guarantee. Um, and so, while we're, you know, we're, we finally go out. We're standing out there and, uh, you know, they have all these kind of um, uh, medals for the runners up, et cetera. And so they give out best fish, best meat. Um, you know, everyone's at home watching like, why didn't they win that? Why didn't they win that? This is terrible. You know, and meanwhile, we're up there like, thank God we didn't win that. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> um, and so then it came, you know, I knew we were in the top five. And so once they gave away best fish, best meat, um, you know, it was third place. And, um, you know, traditionally or, you know, historically, no one outside of Europe has done better than bronze. So 
if we get bronze, we we fall into that group. Um, you know, the two guys really to beat were Sweden and Norway. Um, the guy from Sweden had already competed. He'd taken silver himself uh, two years prior, uh, or actually four years prior, and, and had come back uh, to, to win gold, obviously. And then uh, the guy from Norway had competed as a Komi, had competed as a candidate, and then had come back again. So this was his third Boku store. So, you know, you still have France and Norway and Sweden and Denmark, all these traditionally strong countries. So we're sitting there, and then Sweden's called for bronze. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, okay, this could be really special, <laughs> you know. And uh, when Sweden was called, it was just kind of like this This could really be our moment. And, um, you know, it, it was funny because Grant Ackett's was the president of honor this year. They have a a uh, recognized chef that they invite, you know, every year to be kind of the tie-breaking judge with the past winner. And they sit at the table. And so uh, he was there, and he was actually the one to read the next uh, the next medal, which was silver. And, uh, you know, he kind of had a little cheeky moment where he's like, let me double check. And then he called United States and we exploded into this, you know, group hug and just kind of disappeared into somewhere else for a good 20 seconds, I think. And, uh, it was, it was just an extraordinary sense of, uh, so many emotions, you know, the relief of all the pressure you've been under, you know, the satisfaction that, you know, all of this actually paid off. And then the history, you know, of that moment, knowing like, wow, this is, this is a historical moment, you know, no non-Europeans ever reached this level. Um, and then Norway w- was called for gold. And uh, shortly after that, they showed the scores. And uh, I remember looking up and seeing we were only nine points away. And uh, at the time, I was like, wow, that's awesome. We're so close. And now it's like, man, that nine points. Are <laughs> Do you know where they came from? Well, you know, our meat platter was the best. It had the highest score. Um, you know, we had we had developed a whole fish plate that we were going to use. And because of a last minute, you know, rule change, we had to abandon that. And, you know, there was um, there was there was the presentation of the fish for Sweden and Norway were on these, you know, ornate platters and things and, you know, or trays, I should say. And uh, we would have done a lot more for our fish plate. You know, we had spent the a good amount of time on it. And so, you know, I know that we would have gotten more points from that. What was the rule change? Um, the rule change was, first of all, that you had to use one of their plates. Um, and so they, the year before, that everyone had brought their own plate. And then in addition to that, the last minute change for us was that you couldn't have anything inedible in, in or on the plate. And, you know, we had developed this whole insert and thing that we were going to do. And, uh, you know, we, we got feedback on our questions. And, I mean, this is January 5th. We left on the 17th. You know, so two weeks before we left, we had to change, you know, our entire program. Um, and so there's a certain sense of like, oh, man, we would have won gold. And then, you know, there's also a sense that, you know, it, it was what it was. And I think it's pretty extraordinary that we were able to bounce back from that, you know, very challenging moment, <laughs> to say the least. And, you know, come come to the place that we did, you know, considering those those last minute changes. But, um, you know, I think uh, at the end of the day, you can't pick it apart. You know, it could have come from anywhere. And, um you know, to be nine points from from gold when all, all we've been able to achieve in thirty years is sixth place uh, is a pretty extraordinary feeling. And it leaves something to reach for. It, it Instead of does. something to defend, which does. is I think might be scarier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's room of opportunity for for you know the next the next candidate. So so let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what does this 
what are the opportunities uh, that this has opened in your career? And I know that you're part of the program called Mentor that's mm-hmm. going to seek out the next chef. Because is the next chef going to be you again, do you think? Currently not. <laughs> <laughs> so in this program of Mentor... Talk about that a little bit and what you're looking for and yeah, what well, you guys I think do. you know one of the biggest things I've taken away from the competition, other than just a sense of pride, you know, with uh, representing America and, and doing well, is the sense that you know I think a lot of people see this as a competition, and it's like why would I do a competition? There's competition chefs and there's restaurant chefs who are you know Michelin style restaurants and there's a huge disparity in this country that really honestly doesn't exist in other countries. You know, there's, they're the one and the same, you know, they, in France, they have the mayor over de France and all these, you know, kind of tests that they do. And so the competition format really fits into what they're brought up in. Um, the same in Scandinavia and, um, even increasingly in Japan. And so here, the, the, the goal that, I have is to really help people see that, you know, this is not about a competition. I mean, that's six hours of your whole year. You know, it's, it's really a journey of opportunity. You know, for me, it's, uh, I, I had the chance to work with an amazing group of individuals. Um, you know, Martin Kastner from crucial, crucial detail in Chicago. He designed all the tools we use, the platter. I mean, he, he literally spent more time on this than I did. I've and, been following uh, him on Instagram. I was following his whole process. Yeah. It was fascinating. I mean, he's, um, we had such a great relationship. I mean, a huge friendship that blossomed out of that. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's just a genius with what he does. It's, it's so, it's so much fun. You know I mean? It's like being able to build your own toys and then play with them, <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, you know, that relationship and then all the relationships, obviously with the chefs themselves. And then, um, you know, it's, it's, a, also a, an opportunity of self-discovery. I mean, you know, the discipline it takes, the motivation that you have to have. I mean, you're, you're not in the big kitchen with, you know, the whole team behind you. It's, you know, a lot of times it's just you know, two or three or four of you in a, in, a, in a space, you know, working on ideas and failing over and over again and, you know, making small bits of progress and, and being okay with that, you know? Um, so I think, you know, at this point, the goal is to reach out beyond these walls of competition chefs, et cetera. And, um, you know, one of the challenges we face too is, you know, the, the commies in this case, it was Skyler and they have to be 22 or younger at the time of the competition. So finding a accomplished 22 year old, you know, young culinarian in, in, in this day and age is a challenge, you know, in Europe, it's, it's less. So they start apprentices young and, you know, by the time they reach that age, they've probably done several competitions and have worked in, you know, some notable restaurants, so we're working right now. Mentor is, um, you know, a not-for-profit foundation. It's kind of the umbrella over Boku Store USA. Um, the goal that we have is to identify the young, hardworking talent in America and connect them with opportunity and the best opportunity, um, whether that's placing them in the best restaurants, uh, whether that's creating a format within culinary schools or in, you know, some competitions that we host ourselves. Um you know, if you have someone like I was a 17 year old young student at the Culinary to America and I had no idea what the best runs were. You know, I started hearing something about a Thomas Keller and, you know, a Daniel Balud and these guys who were, um, you know, the and, and were and are the still the great chefs in America. And so I had no idea how to connect to those restaurants. You know, like, how do I how do I get there? And so that's really what we want to be able to do now is to 
identify those people and, and make sure also that, you know, if you're going to the French Laundry or you're going to one of these um, great restaurants that you're, you're hardworking and dedicated um, and, it, and it benefits the restaurants as well. So um, that's really kind of what we're all about. You know, it's not a, an elitist type thing. You know, I think that's a real huge misconception. You know, all these guys go and they're just these top dog, whatever people. And it's, you know, I'm a, I was a young kid, grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia, went to school and, you know, I just wanted to learn. And this was what this was all about was a learning experience. And, you know, Skyler was essentially homeless at 14, going through a high school trade school and, you know, just stumbled into a great restaurant um, up in, you know, working at Bookbindery in Seattle and then with us at the French Laundry. So, you know, it's rather than having people stumble into opportunities or, or completely miss them altogether, it's it's getting them to work with the best, just like you would want to do in, in any business or industry. So it's uh, it's an exciting time, I think. Uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement right now with obviously what we're able to achieve and um, looking at, you know, what's next. It's an uh, endless opportunity. This has been an excellent opportunity to get to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to sign up. I don't have the constitution <laughs> for it, but you, you're you're an excellent voice for the organization. And um, for more information, if this has piqued your interest and you want to know more about competing or supporting Team USA, you can visit mentorbkb.org. Chef Philip, thank you for coming to Heritage Radio Network. Thanks for having me. It's been great. I'm Emily Peterson. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.